Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good morning and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified host, Steve Lucky Luciano. Welcome to Hard Luck Show. Sitting across from me is my co-host. Is Chumahan Bowen, American Indian, Southern Californian, elegant barbarian here with you this morning once again. And I'm audio old blue eyes himself. Sean Lewis, certified audio professional <laughs> engineer for the Hard Luck Show. Indeed. Indeed. And we have Big Big Mike and King Salmon in the house catching visuals, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Today we bring in a special guest, Rainy, from the east side. <laughs> east side of South Central LA. Let's welcome Eastside K-Boy to Good the morning. show. Yes. Indeed. Indeed. What's going on, yeah, man? What's man. up? Lucky, welcome to the show. What's up? What's up? I'm glad to be here. How y'all doing? Good, man. Good. We've been trying to do this for a minute. Been trying to lock in. You know, we we had something planned. It didn't it didn't, it didn't pan out. We, I was doing some things and got busy. He was got busy, and and finally we're able to put it together. You know, because wow, if I didn't catch him now, Chuman, it was gonna be tough. You're gonna this have to go through like four nap, different agents, bro. And he's up on like and, these giant uh, platforms and right. all this big shit. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, bro, because. Because he was on some big-ass one, and I was like, hey, man. I hit him on the DM. What's up, dog? Are we going to do mine? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's book it right now. Right. So got you down here, dog. So it's good to have you in. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now. Yes. Please. Let me tell you, man. Uh, we met through uh, Christian back at uh, back at Cookies. and um, Christian OG Snoop? Yep. Was work- and, and we got introduced, and... I know at the time, are you, are you, are you still, are you still rocking with those guys, with them, with that company? Yeah, I am. So you, you were with Shaka, Shaka Ware? Yeah. And that's how we met originally. And, you know, I think we've talked about some collaborations and I think that we're coming closer to actually us being able to, to try something out and do something with you guys. That'll be perfect. Um, I know that, you know. We love, uh, we also, you know, we have a long relationship with, with Pro Club. Um, Burners, you know, likes them a lot and, and that's great. And we, we, the brand's dope and all that, but we're a big brand and we know that there is a place, uh, with Shockerware in the culture and in the world out there, you know, and we're a brand that we feel like, why should we just limit ourselves to, to one person, explore some different avenues? So I know I talk with, I think, Elizabeth a little bit as well. So, uh, yeah, we kind of met on that tip and just kind of, man, it's, it's hard to describe you because I know that you rap and you do music, but you're one of those guys that I almost, people call like a connector. 
Like, what does that mean? Like he's just making moves, and he's he like you do a lot of different things, bro, out there, you know. Yeah. But where I come from, you know, we just call it hustling. You know, you're like yeah. you're not limited to one thing. No, not at all. You know, I'm trying to get it on all ends. So, well, what 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 do you have going on, man? T- tell me a little bit. So besides, well, musically, um, I had a project that I had put out Christmas, but we took it down. I'm gonna re put it out next month. It's called Gangsters Need Love. And uh, it was uh, doing well. Me and my manager took it down because we was talking to some people about some business. We should have listened to ourselves, but we thought some some big business was going to happen, so we mm-hmm. took it down. It didn't go through, but that's fine. So we're going to re-put it up. We're going to re-release it. And so since I'm going to re-release it, I'm going to re-release it with new music. It's going to mm. be better than it was the first time. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like that the culture just needed a little shift because I am from the streets of South Central to East Side. And everything is always so hardcore. I wanted to just soften it up a little bit. Let establish exactly where are you from? <laughs> I'm from the east side of South Central in a place they call the Low Bottoms. What does that mean? The Low Bottoms is like the 50s all the way to the 20s mm-hmm. on the east side, like mm-hmm. uh, like Central Avenue all the way down. So I come from an area to where black people originally was. Well, that's where they were when they was in Los Angeles first. That's mm-hmm. why it's called South Central. It was really to keep the blacks over there. Right. They were South of Central, so that's why it was really called South Central. Because they were South of Central. Yeah, so uh, 41st and Central was the first Black Panthers that was over there. I'm from that area right Black there. Black Panthers, the yeah. same Black Panthers that were for self-defense against police brutality? Most definitely. Yeah. Man! Yeah. Oh, man, I love this guy already. So, All my, right. yeah, so my side of town is very monumental and historical. Mm. Um yeah. We had a, so it was a hotel over there where they renamed it, but it's still there. They made an apartment. It was called the Dunbar Hotel. That's where only blacks can play, like all the jazz people. That's mm-hmm. why on Central Avenue, you have the jazz festival. Right. So, you know, I come from some historical parts of Los Angeles. Um, so that's what important American history, right? Yeah. So where we're at today culturally, right? I mean, let, I mean, let's not make any bones about it. It feels like we're regressing in some ways and some things uh, that are for sure American history, California history are not known by a lot of different types of people. Have you seen this change? What do you attribute this to? No, I have seen the change and, and I'm glad that you said that because I don't like putting a, a, a color on history. Right. So I, I'm glad you said American history because those were that was a, those were Americans. You know they I mean? were. Right. You know I mean, they was right. here. They was born right. right here. You know what I mean? They didn't travel over here, so mm-hmm. they were born right here. So I just think that everybody should just know uh, a little bit of history through all nationalities, right? Especially where you come from. So I'm glad that I'm from that area and I can shed light on it because you know, coming from the inner city, they just think that it's just gang infested. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like that now, but we have some cultural historical things and landmarks over there still to this day, right? So and at, at that time, it was just black people, okay? But mm-hmm. now, you know, when Hispanics integrated, it's Hispanics and black people grow up together. So that black and brown love right there is still there to this day. Right. So I, I think it's dope, man, that uh, I could shed light on it. And I think we are progressing, that everybody is starting to dive in and want to know about other uh, cultures. So, um, K-Boy then, or Eastside, what, should I call you Mr. K-Boy? Mr. Eastside? <laughs> all right, all it's right, all man. good. Yeah. What do you attribute, what was it that was going on in the late 60s, early 70s that caused J. Edgar Hoover and the FBI to get so involved in trying to break up the black unity? 
Man, uh, that's a good question. You know what I mean? I'm an 80s baby, but I do have some type of knowledge of it. I just think that, you know, when you hold when you hold down the people, that is uh, somewhat powerful. I mean, you got to do it with the with the drugs and the gangs. That's the easy way to do it. And, uh, you know, make them people have a lot of self-hatred towards each other. Because mm. I'm still seeing it now. I mean, I was a part of it. You know, we can't walk down the street without asking each other where we're from and and all that. And like how everybody says, I know it sounds cliche, but nobody had no money for these fucking planes and boats to bring in cocaine over here. <laughs> right, we, right, we, right. we know that. Like, you know what I mean? So at the end of the day, I mean, shit, he did what he wanted to do. You know, the powers that be, it was, it was evil power at that time. He did what he needed to do. And they, you know, it's fucked up how they did it, but they did it good because to this day, it's hard. We had a lot of black leaders, and they all was killed. Then, um, yeah. What do you think about that? You know, and I'm not. I'm saying this as American, but there is a color aspect to it, just because of the way the cultures have been set up and all yeah. that, right? But I mean, did you see Malcolm X's family? Right? They were eventually able to turn over some evidence that the cops, the FBI, just lied. Right? Yeah. And now they're suing the CIA, the family of Malcolm X, his children. Mm. Are suing the FBI and the CIA for covering up who really killed oh, really? Malcolm X? Fuck, bro! Hundred million dollars. Yeah, I just heard about that. Yeah. So, unbelievable, I mean, man. Big Lux, what do you? What is your perspective then on artists that are coming up like K Boy and you guys are working to collaborate on some of these things? And there's these important cultural aspects, and then there's things to celebrate. How do you approach uh, collaborating and 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 things like that with? Uh, Guys like Kimberly. Well, I think that if you've kind of got, come from a certain area, and it, it seems to me that, like, uh, if you've kind of made it through some things and you get kind of start getting to a certain age, there's a part of you that kind of wants to give back to the community or maybe you want to do the right thing by the community or show that it's not just, as you said, gang infested. There's mm. more to these areas. And uh, I'm a product of... of of a, an environment that's similar and I'm, and it's not one way with me, you know, there's, there's a lot of talented, sharp people that, you know, um, I think he's one of them, you know, I think he's, he's not thinking about just the street corner. Maybe at what point in time in his life he was, but you know, he's thinking on a much broader spec on a much broader way. And to be able to think like that, you've already started to accept people as they are. You've already started to let go of some things. You start growing. That's kind of like, I like, I, I just like what he's doing. He, he just, uh, you know, cause it does, man. There does need to be a change. The di the dialogue and the narrative is just is the same old, like, nonsense ass shit. It's like a bunch of clowns. Everybody looks like a bunch of fucking clowns doing this way out shit and running into the wall. It's like, um, my hero's music can kind of see what he's doing. He's just coming with something different, you know, something. Just Appreciate something. you, love. Yeah. So what is your process when it comes to writing lyrics for music? Like, do you have a notebook? Do you just flow off the dome? What do you do? Yeah, I haven't written a rap in a long time. Really? Yeah. How long? Years. Really? It's been a while. Huh? Like, I, I've been, I've just been going into, it's really a feeling now. I think I tried to, uh, emulate uh what Wayne and Jay Z was doing. Only mm -hmm. because the last uh time I heard Wayne speak about writing, I understood what he was talking about. He was feeling that um when you go in the studio and you don't write, 
and you go in and you listen to the music, you get like me in the moment. You get me in that present time. So I feel like whatever I'm feeling or whatever the beat is saying to me, that I can get that off right there. Like, I feel like you got to write it. You know, of course, you got to fabricate. It's music. It's entertainment. Sure. But I feel like you get more sincerity when you don't write because it's just right there in the moment. And the beat's talking to you right there. So if the beat's talking to me and I got to talk about uh, relationship shit, I can mm-hmm. do that. If it's talking about my community, I could do that. If it's even talking about, you know, harsh reality and some violent shit. If the beat talking mm-hmm. to me, however the music talks to me, that's what I'm going to give you at that moment. But, you know, sometimes, you know, writing a, writing a song... You could be writing it and then real life take over. I could be writing it. I have children. The kids might have to go. I mm-hmm. might have to do something mm-hmm. for the kids and I have to stop. Then I got to come back. And then sometimes for me, just as an artist, I know other artists feel t- this way too. When you go, you might forget the cadence you were writing in at home. You know what I mean? You might forget the melody you was writing in at home and you have mm. to gather those thoughts all again when you get to the studio. So for me, not writing is good, but I think the best rap songs have been written though. Right. It's more thought out. Now, if I had the time to actually sit in the studio and write, because I said I, I want to pick up the pen again because I want to I want to go a little bit in more depth and detail of certain situations I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And sometimes just having it on your brain off the top, it's okay. But like just to get that to really uh, illustrate and have, you know and paint a vivid picture. Right. Lyrically, right, right. Yeah, right. You, you should be able to write it down. So mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna go back to the pen. But lately. It's just been, I feel like it's just heartfelt because it's coming from me right at the moment. Do you have an idea or a thought about, because I think, I mean, I honestly think what you just laid out right there probably applies to a lot of different art forms, right? It's in the moment inspiration, which is raw and unfiltered, which has its own sort of quality. You can't replicate that. The flip side is, right, also though, a little bit of discipline, a little bit of editing, a little bit of working, right? So for you, do you have an idea like, okay, I'm going to do the balance or um, I got to set aside like an entire weekend where real life can't get to me so I can be in this thing with the music I can write and not leave the zone? So since I don't write, but I just say it's writing, just writing in your head. You're just not mm. physically writing on a, on, a, on a piece of paper using a pen or a pencil. So for me, just because... I do music in the moment don't mean that I necessarily, that's the finished product. Right. Like, it's like me scratching out the paper or erasing it. I might go back in and go, uh, let me hear that. Nah. Sometimes I did a whole song and the engineer was like, oh, that's dope. And I was like, scratched the whole song and talked about something totally different on the same track. Wow. Because How did I, that come about? Because sometimes you just was like, well, for me, it's just like, I probably was just doing it. And sometimes we call it laziness. Like, I just wanted to do it just to do it. And I wasn't giving my all. So my manager and I here is Pooh, which is uh, Glasses Malone's uh, older brother. Mm. This is my manager. Um, he gets on my head sometimes. He comes, so I hate when he comes to the fucking studio, honestly. But, you know what I mean? He's uh, he's critical because he sees my potential and he know that I can really dig deep. So sometimes he'd be like, bro, why are you giving a bare minimum? So I might get on the track and just do some regular shit, talk about the common Money, cars, and clothes, and hoes. And he'd be like, bro, <laughs> really? To this beat right here? And then I'd be like, okay, I'll listen to it again, and then you'll have a song that, uh, you know, is more detailed, hey, more kid, inspirational. Kid, when, when, okay, <laughs> all right. Take us to that moment. So you get in the studio. Mm-hmm. Music's going. For, at one point, you're ready to go, and you're like, all right, I got it, I got it. You go in there, and you do the thing, right? 
the manager's there, right? <laughs> Man, she like, can you tell? Just is he looking through the glass at you? Like, oh hell no! Oh, or, or how does it? How does that. it? How does it? At what point does he come up to you and he's like, like, how does he? What's his strategy? Oh, he's fucking irritating. <laughs> <laughs> See, I sit down and I gotta stop doing that too. No. We getting we getting a little lazy in music now. Like, yeah. I sit down and record when I need to be standing up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I sit down and record. Get like a lazy boy. So, like so I happen. To, so I happen to look up. And when I see that face, when he like this, that means it's bullshit to him. He like, mm mm. So I'm looking. So then I may, you know, say some witty lines or some cool metaphors and stuff. And then I'm looking at him like, yeah. And he'd wave his hand like, trash. <laughs> and I'd be like, man, get the fuck. Sometimes I'd be like, man, go home. Mm-hmm. But all he's trying to do is just bring the best out of me. Right. You know what I mean? So I, sometimes I am glad that he's there because some of the dopest records are when he's there. You know what I mean? So, right. cause sometimes he like he act like a fucking father. It's like when he's not in the studio and I do something, and I feel like it's cool. I don't even want to send it to him. He be like, send it to me. Mm-hmm. He ain't send it to me. It's been two days, and I be like, nah. Let me enjoy this, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, dude. Yeah. He's kind of like Mickey. You're like yeah. Rocky, and he's like Mick, just yelling at you, driving yeah. you to punch harder. <laughs> yeah, no, for real though. And but you need people like that in your corner though, cause they want to bring out the best of you, and he wants the best product, and he wants. Me to give myself the best chance of success. Uh-huh. Because that's all we want to do is be successful. So Yeah. Okay, boy, how long you been making music for? My whole life, bro. But, uh, professionally, I'm in my 30s now. I've been doing this since like 18 years old. Damn. I just never had a real shot, honestly. I was always in the shadows of somebody else. So I feel like this is my moment. I know uh, it's no age in, in rap no more. I always think it is, mm-hmm. but... Seeing a lot of these dudes that still fifty plus, still making music like E Forty, Trey, oh, Snoop, yeah. Q, Mag Ten, and they're fifties and they still doing it at a high level. It's no age to it. It seemed like all the, all the older cast is making like better music than the young people. Snoop is making like uh, Corona commercials now. Like he's just chilling. Like he's Snoop like the grandfather. Snoop is on fucking... tour right now. Right. Right. Yeah. With the same songs that he made in 1992. Right. That's great. Yeah. I can't wait yeah. to be like that. <laughs> right. Well, That's right. badass. Where'd you, you get, did you start in like a group? Were you? I did. Yeah. I did. Oh, you did some research. I started in a group called the Block Boys. It right. was me and my childhood friend named Ace. Yeah. And uh, I started in a group. So I started off with G Malone, like I was saying. Glass, mm-hmm. Glass Malone. He was, uh, he was with Game at the time with the Black Wall Street. Right. I remember Glass and he, Malone. And he had this shit called the Blue Division because I'm Crip affiliated. So mm-hmm. um, Game, everybody knows he's a blood. But Glasses was the only Crip over there at that time. When I first met Glasses, I thought he was lying. I was like, man, that was all bloods over there. You are not the only Crip over there in Compton on Brazil and Wilmington. But he really was. So when I went over there, I was like, oh, shit, you are. And honestly, I'm glad that they introduced me to that because that made me evolve and mature as a man mm. and as a person. Like, hey, it's not so bad to deal with all these bloods. Because at that time, I'm 18, so I'm very ignorant. Right. At that point, like, right. bloods. Nigga, please. I'm not doing <laughs> anything with them. Yeah. But I'm glad that I did because now I have this enormous love for them and it's vice versa. So, um, yeah, back to the question. Block boys. Yeah, I did start in a group, uh, Block Boys. Um, my boy had to uh, do some um, some soul searching and had to go. He had to leave the Texas at the time, so I had to fend for myself. So once that happened, I became a solo artist, and I hit the pavement running, and I haven't looked back yet. Mm. So Nice. That's awesome. 
So, you know, so let me ask you this. How, how did you get and how did you find yourself putting together deals and apparel and, and find your way into that? How did all that happen? Well, getting into clothes, period. This, sorry, it's my first time ever doing this. I brought my lady with me. It's my first time ever doing this. Mm-hmm. I had to give her some enlightenment so she could see what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, women think you're doing a lot of other bullshit when you go. <laughs> so I had to I, see. I, I'm watching right now. She still thinks you're doing some other bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was like, oh, he playing this. Hey, hey, partner. He always about his business when I see him. Yeah. Oh, of course. Like, I, just, always, always, I just know how always. women think. Yeah. They'll be like, because yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, married, yeah, yeah. so yeah. I know. They're like, yeah, yeah, you set this all up. I get it. Yeah. All right. No, so honestly, the getting in fashion period <laughs> yeah. was her. So um that so was her dream. Her. So so, right. Right? so we uh we did our own clothing line. She came up with it called Yellow Rose and I got blue rose, like his and hers. So um it's really was her. I just felt like I'm a little bit more popular. Let me do it. Right. So it could be easier for her. So that's what I did. Uh, we had a lot of trial and error because I didn't know shit about it. You know, I had a lot of trial and error, uh, the material, everything from the layout to the inches of the logo. Just Yes, it's it's tedious. It's a lot. But that's what she wanted to do. So as I got into it, I'm a rerun and then fast forward. So when I was with G Malone, he was the first one of the first rappers that had billboards with Shockerware. Right. Mm. A long time ago. Him and Bone Thugs and Harmony. Mm. Steve Lobel had them over there at that time. So all I ever wanted was a shock and wear billboard at that time, late teens, early 20s. And they like, just, just wait your turn, partner. I'm 10 years later now. I'm in my 30s. I go. We have a meeting again. I go to Shaka. I get my Shaka billboard. Mm. So I get my Shaka billboard all around my neighborhood on the east side. And I just wanted a sponsorship, box of T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That shit turned into me being the creative director. At Shockerware to this to this day. Wow. So I'm saying that to say how I got into it was like it was because of her. And then this shit just happened with Shockerware. Right. But now I make it easy because it's full circle. So now I can really help her now. You know what I mean? Right, With the shit right, that she right. wants to do. Because it's right, really her. Like right. I only started it because of her. I really don't really care about it. I know it goes hand in hand, fashion and hip hop and music. But that's really her dream. So if I can make it easier for her, then that's what I'm going to do. But I really got into it because of her. Hey, so 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 in, in in how long has she had that dream to to do fashion and to build des- design clothes? For a long time, since a little girl. Man, and and her thing is called the yellow rose. Yeah, yellow rose, yellow rose clothing. Yellow rose clothing, and I, I kinda, go follow I'm, yellow rose clothing right now. I kind of am thinking like it, I mean I don't want to be disrespectful or mess up the spot, mm-hmm. but would it be cool if she came in and talked a little bit about yellow rose and the and the and the and the fashion stuff that you guys were doing right now? I mean, is that crazy? No, nah, not for me. That's only if she wants to. She kind of shy. Are so. you shy? Okay, I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to be pushy or anything, but all right, all right. But I, I love seeing teams. My wife is my law partner in my law firm. That's dope. Right. So we work together, and people say to us all the time, they're like, "Hey, how's that work out for you?" And I'm like, "It works out actually pretty good because 
We both know what's going on at work and at home. So I don't have to explain a stressful day at home or she doesn't have to tell me how stressful it was at work. We were both there. So we you know, know yeah. is, is, do you feel like you're in a partnership with, with your, your woman, K-Boy? And do you feel like you're able to, to share ideas and, and work together? When we do, like when we do that on the fashion sense, mm-hmm. like music, you know, music is me. Right. So it's just like, you know, she's just, she's just listening because it's me. Right, of course. So she she hears everything, every every bad deal, every good deal. (laughs) She been there since day one. You know what I mean? Since I started doing this shit. So she's been for the whole ride. But as far as the partnership, it's only when we do it collectively on the fashion because that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Like I'm doing it because of her, but I'm in it now. Cause right. look what I'm doing with Shaka. So I have to know it. So something she'd tell me and I go, Oh, I heard the owners of Shaka were say this. Okay. I heard that terminology before. Oh, you know that. Oh, cool. So it'd be dope when we can converse uh-huh. and we know the same shit. It's kind of like, it's dope to be like, Oh, you know that shit. Oh, I just learned about that today. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it's cool. I just got to get back. We got to get back to it though. Cause just like how I'm about to re-release this song, she's going to re-put out and rebrand her, her, uh, her clothing line too as well. So why did why did she choose yellow rose? What, what what's the significance there? She loves yellow, and you know and you know flowers and roses are forever. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah. But you know that the the color yellow is like significant to her. It's like you know the meaning of yellow is like friendship. Yeah, you know I mean, she's it is. a sweet person, stuff hey, like that. Uh, my mom loved yellow roses, so when you, when you say yellow rose, I think about my mom because she she liked yellow roses. So, and I would always get my mom appropriate roses, you know, for my mom. To, right. But I would get her yellow roses just whenever, just because she loved yellow roses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, see, she yeah. does want to say something. What it? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, I see. That is true. Red roses are common. She wanted to change the game. So, K-Boy, tell, tell us what's... what's uh, I want to listen to some music. Let's do a little, all right, little, all right, little all music right. real quick. All right. Let's... Bump let, something real quick. Let's bump something right quick. What are we going to hear? You're going to hear Six Feet. It's got Eastside K-Boy, Dave East, and Problem. Okay. And here we go. Yeah. The next one of y'all motherfuckers that come on my six feet, come in my arm right now. I'm fucking cooking. Let's go. Six feet, 50 feet, 100 feet. All these hoes up in here, you running up on me. All these hitters around me, you gonna lose more than some teeth. Two step the fuck away from me. Six feet, six feet, 50 feet, 50 feet, 100 feet, 100 feet. Don't ask me for shit, I'm only trusting me. Run up if you want to, I stay with the Hold up Run up if you want, huh You gon' catch a shell or two Got that 
shit that swim all through your body go through metal too. We got guns with drums on it. You gon' need some medical. Chill the fuck out. Respect the locust. What you better do? All these bad bitches here. You niggas chose to stare at us. Came for a good time, but we can quickly tear it up. I'm something like an all-star. Nigga like a pair of chucks. I be with the... You already know that. Waistline, heat, all black. Call it Kodak. On my bullshit. 4-5, Mike Throwback. We been in the field playing ball like BoJack. Cut a op, no slack. Hollow tip, hold that, hold that. Six feet, 50 feet, 100 feet. All these hoes up in here, you running up on me. All these hitters around me, you gon' lose more than some teeth. Two step the fuck away from me. Six feet, six feet, 50 feet, 50 feet, 100 feet. 100 bitch, don't ask me for shit, I'm only trusting me. Trust me. Run up if you want to, I stay with the hold up. Fuck up like Anna, shit, Anna can suck a dick. Like Buster, this the conglomerate. Pocket full of blue strips. Blue. Accomplishing different shit, not responsible for your check. At she all. down and go cross the street. She possibly could get hit. My motto is just get rich. The lotto still on my list. Lotto. I'm definitely trying to get drunk, but these bottles is for my trips. Sir, knowledge, I'm on some shit. I'm on some shit. I know niggas talking white like Gotti, Jeezy, or Bush. Huh? Before I put on Yeezys, they knew a genius was cooking. Overlook like when they call your name, but you sleep in the buckets. Go against the grain and treat you like you Kyrie in Brooklyn. He was tough the first time he seen a homie, that shit shook him. Shook him. Yeah. Such yeah. a different Once that Punani get tucking. Now I said it, black girl lost. lost. Old black Porsche. Old black. Niggas on the scene, if she could back up all that talk. Back it up. Who produced that? You know we your hand, dog. Give me six. Give me six. Them joints. Them joints is that a lot of stuff with Kanye. He's underneath Dr. Dre. Them joints is a... Yeah, this actually just got... I got a great phone call today. So, it's a movie called Bosco coming out. All right. And it's about a Compton native. It's about an ex-Compton gang member that escaped jail twice. Went back to jail. Represented himself. And got out. He's out today. So, the movie is about him. And he just called me today and said, Hey, bro. The same people. I don't know if I should be saying this. Mm. What do you mean? Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean you you don't know? Because, like, I'm giving up the information. It's about me, but the same people that did the Black Panthers trailer mm. for the movie is mm. doing his trailer for his movie, mm. and they was listening through all the music. And guess what song they picked for the trailer? Six feet. Yeah. Feet. Why not though? Feet. So that makes yeah. sense to me. Though. I mean, I knew that it was gonna be. In the movie, but for it to be on the trailer, right. it's dope. So when I got that phone call this well, morning, I was very big, excited. Dude. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. But you want to know something? That song's got trailer energy. It's got that type of energy that yeah. you could hear a piece of it and get pumped up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's uh, and it's nothing that I know off the top of my dome. That's Quante Adams Bosco, thirty five exactly. years sentence, true story yep. for attempting to possess marijuana. Think about that in today's terms, yeah. right? So this is a true story yeah. about a guy who was wrongfully probably imprisoned, like so many others, and then fought his way out and got out. Is that about right? Yep. God but damn. escaped twice too. But escaped <laughs> twice in the process. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Imagine yeah. if they put you away for something that's not right or you didn't do or you're not guilty of, and then you escape. They'll try to just use the escape charge to keep you in there. Yeah. So they wrongfully prosecute you, and then you escape, and then they're like, "Well, even though you're now, you now you escape. Now, so right. you do so you do law. What's the terminology when you represent yourself? Pro per. That's called pro per. That's Meaning what he did, he, and he got out. He represented himself, meaning he didn't have any lawyer, and he got out, which is, which is difficult 
<clears throat> because they put a lot of roadblocks in front of you. This is why they make you try to get lawyers or whatever. But if you got nothing to lose because they've taken everything away and they put you in a situation where you're going to sit there and think and focus on what the evidence is and what the law is, you can. You can get yourself out. So that's amazing. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. Shout out to Bosco from Compton. That's a good yeah. movie. Going back to the Black Panthers, that's one of the things that Huey Newton did uh, is that he read the law and he knew what the gun laws were in California and he knew what the appropriate distance it was to stay away from the police. Right. He had a, and what people don't normally talk about is that the Black Panthers carried a law book along with the guns with them because the police would see African-Americans with guns and be like, hey, what's going on? And then they pull out the law book and say, like, what do you mean, what's going on? Exactly. Yeah. Man, if you want to know something, you better read. Yeah. For sure. That's where they're hiding the knowledge. Most definitely. Right on. What's going on? Uh, what's going on with, with um, do you still reside in the area that you grew up in? No, but I'm still in South Central, but I'm not in my neighborhood. Okay. What's going on in, in that in that part of South Central that you're you're around? Like what's going on out there? Is his gentrification really begun to start to touch the parts of South Central? Oh most definitely, huh? But you know, we see I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. I was right, right. you know, I was raised that my mom was like, People are people. You know what I mean? It's, it, you know, she don't even believe in race. We one race. She don't believe in colors and none of that. So that's how I was raised in my household. But, yeah, man, I'm seeing, you know, uh, Caucasian people walking their dogs. Right. And not being nervous. Right. Right. But to me, <laughs> that's great. That's because <laughs> to me, that's great because I always get on defense mode to be like, bro, I'm not going to fucking rob you. Right. Like you're walking your dog. You live down the street. I live down the street. Let's say hi. We fucking neighbors. Right. But to do that and they're jogging and hey, I'm like, hey, I'm looking around like they got to be the police. Right. (laughs) But now it's really happening. I guess they like fuck it. These these areas, they probably feel like it's, you know, you know, the market is good. You know, and a lot of these people are owning real estate. And I guess it's profitable for them because they're coming back. Mm-hmm. Around and especially like towards like the Inglewood area where the SoFi is, it's like really oh, gentrified yeah. right there. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, it's like really gentrified right there, and yeah. it's it's gonna get even more, especially when the uh, Clippers come play right there. So mm-hmm. now you could really see them around that area because I'm not too far from there, so you could really see it right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's happening, man. It's going down. Everything's I changing. I honestly don't have a problem with it though. I don't either. I mean. I, I have said before on the show, you know, the West Side over by the beach, Santa Monica, Venice, uh, you know, that area was was getting gentrified 25, 30 years ago. We were starting to experience that shit. And I, it ain't the gentrification or it isn't it, it isn't. I don't have a problem with people moving in and them cleaning up the area. Because now you can walk around there and you're, you're not tripping necessarily anymore. It's low-key good for it the is. people from the inner city because now they know that it's really going to be protected by the people who we dislike the most. But the thing, the problem that I do have <laughs> is I have is when they start erasing all the culture of the people that 
built the city or they they max it out so that the people can't that came from there can't even live there anymore yeah that's, that's what, what it, yeah, it that's starts what to fuck like. shit up you yeah. know they're painting the over murals li- no, the mural no it's really the cost of living that's mm-hmm. that's that's what they do first they raise the rent right and you already know that they was barely making ends meet to pay that rent anyway mm-hmm. so that's the only thing that i do dislike because a lot of people have to move out or they'll fucking pay your ass and send yeah. you to the desert because that's where everybody's yeah, going. They'll yeah. send you straight to the desert. They'll pay you and send you to... i seen a lot of my homies take the money, you know, but, you know, just as a black man, if you're damn near owning the house, we need to own and stay, you know what I mean, and, and keep the property, you know what I mean? It's tough, though, man, because they set up this economy in, in certain ways that for people that go out to the desert, right, like, they're looking at the jobs ain't what they were, and cost of living is going up. And if they go out to that desert and they sell at a high price here, and what you're saying makes sense too, though. Representation matters. You got to see the people also here too. And even for the people that move out to, every time people move out to the desert or they go to Texas or whatever it is, right? I'm like, that's the future area of gentrification. You to send all those folks that were over here on the West Side, wherever they're at. The wealthy people come and buy them out. And I'm kind of with UK boy and, and Big Lux on the sense that because race and class and money is, are mixed, you got a certain type of person that tend to have the most money, right? But in reality, at the bottom of it, it's really a class thing. It's like, who's got the money? And whoever's got the money, they're going to come in. Warren Buffett does it all the time. Goes into some place like Detroit once it's gutted, dead, buys a building for a small price, right? Now everyone knows that Warren Buffett and the people like him are going there. They think property values are going up. And then all the businesses move in there and they price out the people that were originally there. And the whole thing is gentrified. That's a class thing for the most part, I think, where it's like wealthy people come in and displace people who held that spot down with just rubbing two nickels together and struggling in the life. Yeah. No, you're right. That's what's actually going on right now as we speak. So I agree with you 100%. I mean, wait, let me ask you a question, though. Go ahead. I mean, could it be that just shit is just so fucking nuts in California? Shit is so fucking expensive. No one can buy a home. And the people that can't just barely afford a home can only afford a home in like a poor neighborhood. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. That's the design. So that is, what you just laid out is absolutely the design in model 1000%. You're 100% correct. All right? And the shit rolls downhill. Okay? So I was thinking about it today. The new state of colonization today for it is not actual areas necessarily. It's industries. The tech industry was colonized by industrialists and guys like Gates. I don't know if you've seen that video. Look at this is the Indian talking. So Cowboy and, and, and Old Blue Eyes and and, and 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 Big Lux are not saying this. An American Indian is saying this. So levy it at the red man. I don't give a shit. The point is. Bill Gates did not invent the operating system. I don't know if you saw that 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 video of that woman from India. Great, great uh, author. She researched it and she said he didn't make any operating system. Some egghead at some tech university made it. Bill Gates bought it. Then he started patenting the shit out of everything. He colonized a technology that was supposed to equalize everything for everybody. And then they got rich, concentrated all that wealth up in San Francisco, priced 
every motherfucker out, right? And we're talking Oakland. We're talking like the place of the Black Panthers, right? Richmond, all that shit. Merrick College, okay? Priced out because all that money got put in there and people were paying ridiculous prices for suburb shit in Bay Area. Once that got priced out, shit started moving down to Silicon Beach, right? Mm-hmm. And it's design. It's it's, I don't know if it's necessarily like there's some, you know, board members or old white dudes that are like figuring this shit out mm. 20 years in advance, but the design of the economic system encourages greed to a level that makes people sick enough to start buying out huge swaths of beautiful places in Southern California, right? That, that the people put together because and and a lot of stuff that's cool everything from scratching records all the way down to all the other shit that's really a product of people who had to make something interesting out of nothing because something was taken away from them and then come in and buy up all that shit and then just you know act like it was always there and they invented it Mm -hmm. that's what's going on (laughs) so that's the answer to that question yeah Sean. god damn it Fucking piss me off, bro. Hey, I fuck with you, bro. I'm gonna yeah, just you ever need to, I'm gonna just have to sit down and pick your brain. Mm, hey, if you me. ever need an attorney, hey, listen, on, let me baby. tell you, I'll I take that you. fire straight to the fucking intellectual property game, my friend. People biting your shit will bite them back twice as hard. Hey, there it is. There, <laughs> he's about to start handling a bunch of cookies, fucking knockoff stuff for us. Yep. Okay. Is it in the hood trying to knock our shit off at swap meets. You can get it. Hey, Send his dogs in there and get them fucking yeah. take that. Hey, shit you out. know you're doing something right when they're doing. No, that. you know you. Great when they do that. <laughs> yeah, but you gotta bring you gotta bring the hammer down sometimes. Now you like, know it's so funny because uh, one of my friends they uh, they in New Orleans right now, right? And they like, hey, hey boy, send me uh, one of them uh, them cookie trays, man. And uh, I had uh, <laughs> I had Christian up the cookie trays with the with the music on. He was like, bro, we don't fucking make that they shit. Make that. <laughs> that shit fake. <laughs> I had to hit my boy back like, bro, I'm not sending you that shit. It's fake. That's a knockoff. I, yeah. I didn't know because I don't really smoke weed like that. So I thought it was. I thought it was, it was dope. It was at the tray. It had the light on it. It had music on it. Mm. I said, well, you know, Cookie's a big brand, man. They make them. Whoever's selling those is making buku oh. money. Yeah, buku. I get buku. tagged sometimes and I've retagged some photos of some people wearing cookies. <laughs> yeah. And I'll be like, Brian will be like, hey, man, that's a bootleg shirt on. We never even made that fucking design. And I look, <laughs> double look at it and I'm like, damn. <laughs> so, yeah, they're out there. All right, one thing I am tripping on, I've been thinking about this whole interview, and I didn't know when was the right time to ask, but Cowboy, your glasses, man. Where did you pick those out? Those are fucking dope. And how does a man go about picking out dope-ass fucking glasses? (laughs) First of all, I don't pick out dope glasses. She picks them all for me. Oh, yeah! Kudos! (laughs) Stylist! Kudos! All right. But but I'm going to be honest. Like This was a gift, man. So shout out to my boy, Jesse. Um, he plays for the Cardinals. That's my young. He, got, mm. he he went to the Louis Vuitton store. He made it to the league. Man, I've been uh, rocking with him since day one. So Jesse Lucetta gave me these as a gift. That's you know what nice. I mean? So man, it was cool. I'm yeah. gonna give a shout out to them fucking glasses. Those are yeah. fucking dope ass <laughs> shit, man. Yeah, these was fire. He thought I'd look cool in them. So, but he was yeah. right. Yeah. He did know something. Yeah. Yeah. Not for any of my other glasses. Yeah, baby, pick them up. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's up with? Uh, so tell me what's going. Tell us what's what's on the horizon. What's coming up for Eastside Cable? What's coming up with uh, Shaka? What, what, give us the rundown. What can our fans yeah. expect? Well, well, Shaka, we just in a whole different world right now. They're like becoming more. Um, 
what I want to say, uh, more like the hype beast mm-hmm. as far as in the in the fashion, but just as a blank company. So uh, we're like a Zoomies and everything. So if y'all go to Zoomies right now, y'all might walk into Zoomies and see the game poster with him in the sweatsuit. I got that done. Mm-hmm. You got that done? Yeah. I, I mean, it's no secret on the show. I'm a big fucking fan of the game. Yeah. yeah so, when I lift weights, yeah, I listen guy. to the game. No, I go crazy. Yeah. I like punch people right yeah. next to me. I'm like, fuck So it. I love that they give me the freedom to help. Yeah. Uh, to help the team that we have because it's not just me. We got a dope team effort. Mm. You know what I mean? Especially in the marketing team. But as far as like the, the urban hip hop shit, of course, I play a more intricate role mm-hmm. on, on those side of things. But yeah, man, we just we just becoming just more fashionable. They not even worry about like the swap meet shit right. anymore. Like right. they just mm-hmm. they just so up now. Like it's a lot of big, big, big companies want to get shocking in their stores and just manufacturers and all that. So it's dope with that. As far as me, just man, I want to touch everything, bro. I, I want to still uh, dive into that. So I'm glad that I'm around there with the fashion. Uh, get her fashion out more. I really want to be into movies, so just having my song picked into a movie mm-hmm. for the first time is big. So, you know, hopefully I can read some scripts and get some roles because yeah. um, I don't like the perception of me that I'm just some east side gangbanger. Like, bro, I'm a father. As y'all say, I brought my girl, somebody's man. Businessman. Yeah, I mean, I'm a businessman. I do dope music, but mm-hmm. I'm goofy like 90% of the fucking day. Mm-hmm. And they need to know that side of me. And, you know... I consider myself, you know, somewhat an intellectual. I'm not a dummy. so Right. So, you know, so I, I want everybody to see all those facets of me. But musically, you know, music is my first passion. I still want to give myself that chance for the world to hear me. Mm-hmm. So with that is, um, I got a couple of offers on the table. Um, we pretty much about to take one. You know what I mean? So when I do that, I'll be, I'll be back. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you will be. Yeah, be we'll back. be pro- promoting all sorts of shit. Yeah, I'll be back to tell oh, you. Yeah. So that. Oh yeah. That should be fun. That should be fun. I don't even want to say it because I want it to be fun. Yeah. Fun. That's like in the next two to three weeks, month, mm-hmm. month at the most. But man, what man. what is the uh, what, quick? Just a hit. Like, what is the cowboy hot take tips for being a father? Like, if you want to be a father, like what 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 should one do? I mean, you got to be first of all. You got to be fun. Right. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm the fun dad. You know what I mean? What does that mean? Like, like you gotta be do? fun. Like, what are you playing with play though? Like, what do you do? Oh, especially my fire. You gotta, you gotta be able to do fucking tea parties. Mm-hmm. Especially if you have mm-hmm. girls. Like, mm-hmm. I got, got a fire year old daughter and I have 13 year old girls that's driving me insane <laughs> right now. You know what I mean? My sons are great. One son mm-hmm. is in college. He's 19, but my twin sons, they'll be 17. They're cool. It's the girls that's driving me insane. But, but, but you got to be the fun dad. I think I tell my girls no to everything. I know mm-hmm. they don't like that. But other than that, we do a lot of fun things. Mm-hmm. And then just, just being a father, you just got to be there. You got to, you have a, got to have an open ear. You got to listen to your children because we have went through trauma as children that, you know, we don't want our kids to go through. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that. We had dope relationships with our parents. If mm-hmm. I could speak, that for was everybody. like the norm. Yeah. I mean, right, it was like, right, yeah, we right. didn't really want to hear what they say, and everything that they told you as a kid that you didn't want to hear, you find yourself telling your fucking children now, and you're like, damn, my mom, my pops was right. So, as for me, you just gotta just be fun. You gotta have an open line of communication because you don't want, you want. I put everything on the table. I don't hide anything from my children. Mm. Even sometimes she get on me like, why did you? I, I don't hide anything from. Them. I want them to know everything. I want them to be prepared for the real world. Mm-hmm. And a lot that I learned in the past week or two, just going through my own personal shit, is 
you gotta find a dope ass balance of being balance a father, everything. of being a father, a husband, a boyfriend, a yep. fiance, a baby daddy, a nigga, mm-hmm. a main nigga, whatever you are. Mm-hmm. You gotta have a balance, like a real good balance, because if you don't, a lot of shit will go haywire. And I'm yep. learning right now. Yep. Honestly, yep. I'm still learning because, and you know, you say you got a wife, but she works with you. But just say she didn't, mm-hmm. and she'd be like, "I understand that show dream and that show passion." They, they seem like they understand, but they really don't when you got to spend all those long hours. And you be like, all right, I'm going to come home at this time. And you still don't come home at the time. I'm like, all right, we're going to do this tomorrow. And then you didn't do it tomorrow because you're so focused on your focus that you do got to have some type of balance. But right. I feel like you need balance in the world, period. Mm. Just in life in general, that you just need balance. Um, I always use this analogy that you got to have some positive and some negative because – to start the fucking car, you got to put that on the positive and negative. Yeah, the they got a negative and a, and and a positive, positive it's one. It's not That's two right. positives and yeah. it's not two negatives. Yeah. So you need some type of balance. So, I mean, balance is the best thing. If you have balance, I think everything will be fine. Mm. It's easier said than done, though, for sure. Sure. And then you can have it, then you can start it, then you can fucking have right. fucking a month good of it, then a fucking two months and that shit go back haywire. Or you can have three months or a week. So you got to just find a balance so everybody can be happy, though, because it's going to be a lot of things. I don't want to miss a lot of shit, but I've noticed just like I said, in this past couple of weeks, I've noticed that certain things that I, even though I'm an in-house dad, mm-hmm. I miss a lot of shit. Just being gone and like and doing things like this, like there's something going on at the house right now that I'm a miss that she probably already seen, but, that, but no, but that I miss. Yeah. Right, like I didn't see my daughter do a lot of rapping shit, and it made me feel bad because like, but I'm here and I feel like, but I'm here. I live here. I'm here in the home, but it's like, yeah, but you don't see your daughter do this part, and it's like, damn, I'm missing that part. So being present, yeah, you have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm there. But right. you got you to make yeah, more time to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like I said, I it's hard because I'm so focused on the dream. And, you know, and once, like I just said, the situation, I'm about to sign a situation. It's going to get even worse. I got to go get the, I got to be the breadwinner. Yeah. But I also got to find that fine balance. You know what I mean? Because I want to come to everything. But I might be in fucking Switzerland one day and somebody might have violin lessons. And I might have to miss that. But I got to have some type of balance where the child can understand. Like I said, I don't hide anything from my children. So right now, they get it because they're all older except her. But all the older kids, they understand it. So as long as they understand, they know that daddy is there and that he loved them and that he's providing for them. And I, I'm going to be there for your every need. That's cool with me. That makes me feel great. Like, I don't ever want a kid to be like, but. Or think that I don't love him more. Why isn't he, he here? Does he not want to be here? They don't think like that. They just be like, now they just be like, oh, daddy at the studio? Now my fire will be like, oh, you at the studio? That's where you at? And I might not be. I'm like, no, nah, I'm at Shaka. And she says that too. You at Shaka? Or you at the studio? And that's funny. So you know at least what? you know I'm working. You know what? Um, man, I'm going through that now because my daughter's three years old. So, you know, there was a period of time where it wasn't a thing. Right. Mom and dad going to work. But now she's starting to I mean, she cries every morning hey, when I leave for work. Can somebody get hit day? He's out front. He's outside. Thanks, and brother. and I feel guilty, even though I know it's what I got to do. Right. Because uh, otherwise, who's going to put bread on the table? Especially the little girl. Right. It's my little girl. So sure. so so like that goes on. And, and then there's even a part of me. That's like, God damn, this system is designed so that this little girl sees her dad go away 
for X amount of time and come back. And then I have to tell her why, right? And I go, it's work. It's a work, right? Now she knows. She's like, oh, you're going to work, like you were saying. But part of me is like, man, it's kind of fucked up. It's kind of fucked up. Like, did the American Indians back in the tribal days, right? I know that the, the parents sometimes win or came back, whatever it is. But do you think that they ever sat there and told their kids, yeah, I got to go to work and I'll be back in aid, preparing those children for the, the life they're going to lead to be fucking pulling the machine just like I was? Fuck, bro. But what can I do? I got to do it. Yeah, we have to do it, bro. There's nothing else we can do. We have to. If we don't work, we don't eat. Right. And then what you going to tell them? Are <laughs> we poor? My wife. Because I didn't want to go to work because I wanted to be here all fucking day. <laughs> right. So it's like a catch 20, bro. Yeah. yeah my wife told Tigra, she's like, I got to go to work to buy you more dresses. And then my daughter started crying. And I was like, then I don't want any more dresses, mama. See, that's. Fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Right. But you got to do it. It's fucked up. But you know what else is fucked up? We gonna wrap up this show right now. That's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> but motherfucking Eastside K boy, yeah. much respect. Go follow him, man. Yeah. Tell everybody where they can follow you and find your music, please. Man, my biggest platform is Instagram. That's Eastside underscore K boy K B O Y. All my other handles is just Eastside K boy straight across. Man, uh, follow me, man. This was a great interview. I really had fun with you guys. It was very informative. This is like one of my best interviews. You guys didn't really ask me all the same fucking cliche questions. Yeah. I, we actually had a conversation. Right. We talked about some real life shit. Yep. I, I enjoyed myself. I told you, man, this hard luck shit is, is a big deal, man. It's going to be a big deal. I'm going to tell everybody to come check this out. Come man, on, real, dog. Yeah. We're going to promote this thing all over. We'll have, we'll yeah. have stuff for you to promote with. We're going to go deep on it. No, and, then, and then when you drop, as soon as you, as soon as you have the next thing in place... Come on in. No, I'm a, Let's I'm a, promote it. Let's talk here, about man. it. It was a pleasure sitting with you gentlemen, man. I appreciate you yeah. guys calling me. Same here, Great man. Great to have you in, man. Same here. I love hearing about a working dad, artist, creative, fun dad, doing all that stuff, man. That's major respect. And to your lovely, more beautiful half, also Yellow Rose, right? Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Thank Indeed. you. Indeed. Thank you very much. Jumar, you got anything? Yeah, Ovando Bowen, LLP, we wear braids to court. Let the Tomahawks fly the best legal representation that money can buy. Good man. Big shout out to Alien, CBD, and Bolt CBD. We're at their headquarters recording today. Also, a big shout out to the Cookies family and the Vibes family, Esteban Oreo, the Soul Assassins. Big shout out to Enzo's Pizzeria. Great eggplant parmesan sandwiches today. <laughs> you guys are great. And uh, Mondays and Thursdays, listen to the Hard Luck Show. Watch this on, on YouTube. Uh, Sean, what do you got? www.hardluckshow.com. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Hey, you got what? anything, King Salmon? He's got right. nothing. And Big Big Mike, <laughs> Mike is out there. Hey, DJ Mike Angelo yeah, uh, also yeah. does Mike plumbing. Angelo Photography. Uh, right. Mike Angelo and Pizza Reynolds. Pies. And Rental. Right, and Reynolds. and Reynolds. He's got a great eggplant parmesan. Uh, he's got an excellent eggplant parmesan. Yeah. Right. Okay, very good. Right. Thank you. <laughs> we are out of here. Go check out K-Boy. Eastside K-Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out. Oh, it's right, it's right, it's right.
Or do I say four? Or do I say four?